Hello everyone, it's Sister Mercy here with another episode of Spiritual Conversation with Sister Mercy. In today's episode, I am going to talk about how I became a born-again Christian. But first, I would like us to turn to our Bible, to the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accused them before our God day and night, and they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Satan and his demons has been defeated at Calvary. The blood of Jesus is the weapon that defeated him. If we as Christians live a repentant lives, we take away Satan's legal right to bring accusation of sin against us. As born-again Christians, this is our testimony. We are no longer guilty of sinning against our Father. We are no longer guilty. There is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no hold on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I am going to share on how I became a Christian. I have come to realize that being a Christian and being a born-again Christian is a totally two different things. You will understand as I explain further. In 1986, I traveled to Nigeria for holidays. Normally, I reside in London at that time. I was a student nurse. So I traveled to Nigeria to visit relatives. One of my relatives invited me to a crusade she said a visiting evangelist from America was ministering that night that I should go with them. I said, okay, I did not really have um, much to do, so I didn't think much about it. When we arrived at the hall, I sat right at the back. I was not really paying much attention to what the evangelist was saying. My mind was blank as if I was under a hypnosis. I remember when he gave an altar call, I did not come out under my own free will. I knew that. It was as if I was in a daze. I felt as if something was controlling my movement. I found myself standing at the back of the line at the altar. As he continued to speak, I sensed and heard in my spirit the door of the hall creaking open. As I continued to look, I saw orange light reflecting into the hall. I then saw two black and white clouds shaped in the form of the Chinese symbol, yin and yang. You know, the white and black um, symbols of the Chinese with the little dots as eyes. As the clouds continued to move towards me, I felt a hand touch my shoulders. I turned physically to see who has touched me, but there was nobody behind me. 
After that touch, I started feeling quite weepy. I started to cry. From that day on, it was as if something entered me. My emotions were out of order. Any slightest thing, I would start crying. This continued even when I came back to London. Every time I picked up my Bible to read, but I could not fully get, you know, fully get engaged in reading the Bible. I was not going to church. I did not feel the need to go to church. Gradually, the emotional feeling slowly died down. Whenever I was asked by people if I was a Christian, I would say yes. I regarded myself as a Christian, a born-again Christian, but I did not feel that spiritual connection with Jesus. Whenever I reflected on what happened that night, in my mind, I have always thought that I was touched by the Holy Spirit. But as I think about that incident, there was no sense of conviction of sin. I, didn't, I don't remember ever saying the sinner's prayer or asking the Lord Jesus to forgive me of my sins or asking him to come into my heart. Now, what I have come to realize is that was a false conversion. What I had was a false conversion. The spirit that entered me was not the Holy Spirit. It was a false spirit. What I have come to understand to be a Kandalini spirit. I did a research on what this spirit is. And this is what I found. It is a spirit of deception that leads people away from the Holy Spirit and the true move of God into lie of demonic experience. These experiences feel wonderful and mask themselves as spiritual happenings. The reality, though, is that these occurrences only lead us away from the light and into darkness. End of quote. So I believe majority of these signs and wonders we see in our churches today are the manifestation of this Kandalini spirit. I believe a lot of born-again Christians have experienced false conversions and they carry this Kandalini spirit thinking they have the Holy Spirit residing in them. This was how I lived my life believing that I was a Christian. But the problem I found was that I could not connect with Jesus. I could not connect with his spirit. When I read my Bible, I could not understand what I was reading. When I got married and had my first child and the September 11 attack happened in America, I began to question the purpose of my existence. I also questioned why God would allow such evil to happen. And if the Jews were God's chosen people, why would he allow Hitler to prosecute them so much? God answered these questions for me in a dream. In the dream, I saw the word unfaithfulness going round and round in a circle. I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me, the Jews were unfaithful to their God. Then I felt him say, go and read the book of Daniel and Jeremiah. He then said to me, the purpose of your life is to worship me and love me. Following that dream, I began to attend church quite regularly, but yet I still felt empty spiritually. Church became a routine thing, like a hobby, something I did on Sunday. There was no spiritual connection with God's spirit. 
At, as time went on, one day I started to feel this heavy pull in my heart, as if something was pulling at my heart. After a few weeks of this happening, I attended church. During the worship service, the pulling in my heart became quite strong. I felt strange. I was not my usual self. As the worship continued, the pulling and heaviness in my heart became very strong. I felt a heavy force pull me down to my knees. As I lifted my head up, I saw a vision of Jesus on the cross. The crown of thorns were digging right into his skull. Blood was dripping from his head to his face. His face was covered in blood. His whole body was all blooded. His eyes pierced right into my eyes and I felt him say in my heart, I did this for you. Oh my God, something broke in me that day. I started to scream at the top of my voice, Jesus, I am sorry. Jesus, I am sorry. I kept begging for forgiveness. I kept on screaming until the two people seated next to me managed to calm me down. That day was the day I truly became born again. That was the day I truly gave my heart to Jesus. That was the day I truly became a born again Christian. A couple of months later, I had my water baptism. And as I came out of that water, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. As I came out of the water, I felt as if things has, things has just dropping out of me. The sky was so bright. The sun was amazingly bright. The air smelled and felt so fresh. Wow, it was an amazing experience. My life changed that day. This was what I've come to realize. My first conversion experience wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was a false spirit. I believe this false spirit is, is what a lot of Christians carry and they think it is the Holy Spirit. What they have experienced is false conversion. The message preached in churches are not helping them to experience that true conversion. I've also come to the conclusion we Christians, we need to be very careful to whom we listen to, the ministers we listen to, because whatever that minister carries will be what he will impart to us. I believe this minister from America carried this Kandanini spirit, and that was what he imparted to the people in that hall that day. He was not carrying the true Holy Spirit. I thank God for my deliverance. I thank God that I had that encounter with Jesus in the church that day. He opened my heart and baptized me with his Holy Spirit. Since then, his Holy Spirit has been leading me, helping me to understand his word. It has not been easy, but it is worth it just to have that connection with the Lord Jesus. The aim of today's episode was to get listeners to think and reflect on the conversion experience. What makes them think that they had a genuine conversion? And to ask themselves the question, am I really a born-again Christian? If you, find, if you are finding it hard to develop that close and intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus, you find it hard to hear from His Holy Spirit, hard to read and understand the Scriptures, 
you find it hard to spend more than five minutes in in prayer, you just might be carrying the Kandanini spirit, false anointing. What this means is your conversion might just be a false conversion. As I explained before, the work of the Kandanini spirit is to keep us away from the true Holy Spirit, keep him away from coming into our heart and giving us that genuine born-again experience, which would then lead to the sanctification of our souls. If this is how you feel and you genuinely want to know God through his son Jesus Christ, start seeking him with a sincere heart. Do not focus your prayers mainly on the things you want from God or what you want God to do for you. Seek him with sincerity of heart and mind. Tell him you want to truly know him. Tell him you love him with all your heart, mind and strength. Immerse yourself in his word. In the Bible, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5 verse 3. Poor in the spirit is our hunger for God the hunger we have for a deep relationship with him. Be sincere and genuine. Do not forget God knows what is in our hearts. He knows whether we mean what we say. His word says he will grant us the desires of our heart if what we desire is in line with his will for us. It is our father's will for his children to know him and have an intimate relationship with him. So he will grant you your heart's desire to know him better. Amen. We have come to the, to the end of today's podcast. I pray that today's topic will inspire you to reflect on the type of conversion you had. May the Lord bless you and lead you to him and to know him better through his Holy Spirit. Seek him with all your heart and you will find him. Until next time, be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello everyone. It's Sister Mercy here again with another episode of Spiritual Conversation with Sister Mercy. Today's episode is titled Establishing a Prayer Altar and Spiritual Healing. In our last episode, I talked about how I became born again for real after years of believing that I was a genuine Christian. How wrong was I? After my baptism, following my encounter with Jesus on the cross, that was the vision I had in the church, I started attending church services more regularly. I developed a hunger for the Word of God. I was reading the Bible at every opportunity I had. Gradually, the hunger died down a bit. I was still reading the Bible but not as much as, as before. Something happened one day at work. I shared an office with an English lady who sat across from my desk. 
I was concentrating on a report I was writing and really wasn't paying much attention on what was going on around me in the office. Suddenly, I heard this voice behind me telling me to share the gospel with her. My instant response was no. My eyes went straight to the clock on the wall and I said, it is five o'clock, it is time for me to go home. I turned around to see who was telling me to do this and there was nobody there but me and this lady in the office. Later on, on my way home, it dawned on me that it was the audible voice of God that I have just heard. I felt so guilty in my spirit that I had to, that I said no to God. That night, as I prayed, I repented, asking the Lord to give me another chance to witness to this lady. A few days later, he gave me that chance. I found myself alone in the office once again with this lady, so I shared the gospel with her. This lady was in her late 40s. She did not believe in God. She said nobody has ever shared the gospel with her. This incident led me to write my first book, The Salvation Story. I continued my life as normal. Doing, during this time, I liked to listen to Christian radio at my desk in the office. So on one, one day, this, um, there was a discussion on the radio about prayer altars establishing prayer altar in our homes. During that period, the Lord was also speaking to me about having regular prayer time at home. When the speaker spoke about prayer altars, this was exactly what the Lord has been speaking to me about. So when I heard this, I smiled and said, okay, Lord, I have heard. The next day, I chose um, a corner space in my sitting room, placing a nice comfortable chair there with a little table for my Bible and prayer books. I established myself a prayer altar. After reading in the book of Jeremiah, which said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found. From that day onward, I started seeking the Lord seriously. I was praying morning and night, six, six o'clock in the morning. I will come down and sit at my prayer altar. I would pray, worship, read my Bible before the household got up. I carried on like this consistently for three years. In my pursuit of the Lord, I wanted him to reveal himself to me as his word has said. One night, after three years of praying morning and night, after one of my night prayers, I sat at the edge of my bed, preparing to get into bed. Suddenly, I felt a shift in the atmosphere in the room. It was as if I was catapulted into another dimension. The air in my room changed. I saw a hole that looked like a tunnel going round in my room. I saw a small spark of bright white light in the tunnel. The rest of the space in the tunnel was dark, pitch black. 
I kept looking at this thing, moving round in my room. I followed it with my eyes, wondering to myself, what in God's name is this? If I say I was not afraid, I would be lying. I did not think it was a vision. It was not a dream because I was wide awake. I kept watching this thing moving round and round in my room. Suddenly it disappeared and the air in my room became normal again. I rushed into my bed and covered my head with my my quilt. My whole body was shaking. I was saying to myself, what in God's name is this? What have I got myself into? That night, as I slept, the dreams started from that day onwards. I was having constant dreams and visions. Now I know majority of those dreams were actually demonic dreams. Being catapulted into the realms of the spirit is not a joke. You encounter all sorts of spirits, gods, angels, demoniacs, and the demoniacs will let you know that they are there. They hate you coming close to God. The spiritual attacks really started. In one of the dreams I had, Jesus appeared to me. He warned me that I would be attacked. He also said I should not worry that he was going to be there for me. When I had had this dream, I did not fully understand what it meant. But over the years, I have come to understand the meaning of that dream. As the, as the episodes progresses, I will share other dreams and visions and the messages the Lord had given me. As I grew in my faith, the Lord began to use me to pray for people. He would send me to go and pray for people, mostly people with cancer. I think this came about because of the prayer. I prayed years ago when we had a relative with cancer stay with us as she received her treatment from a nearby hospital. This time, I was not born again Christian, but I did go to church most Sundays. I had a habit of going into her room every day and gently stroking her arms and wishing in my heart that I could pray for her and God will heal her. I did this every day. But I did not know how to pray for her healing. But this was a desire of mine to pray for her and God will heal her. Although this relative lost her battle with cancer, but I believe God did answer that prayer that from my heart. Yes, that prayer that came from my heart, he answered it. When I did give my life to Jesus, The Lord will instruct me to go and pray for such and such a person with cancer. The Lord connected me to these people through other people. I kept getting people talking to me about people with cancer. As I prayed, the Lord would then tell me, prepare a prayer and go and pray for them. I did this for about about six people. I would go and pray for them, no matter where they were, Some were in hospices, in their homes, or in hospital. I would go and pray for them, and the Lord would say to me, They are okay. They are healed. When I hear him say they are healed, in my mind, I will be thinking 
they are physically healed. The funny thing about this was every single person I prayed for at that time will get better, but after a couple of months, the illness will come back again, even worse this time. I was confused. Yes, I was confused. I would ask the Lord, what is happening here? Why are they getting sick again? But he kept saying to me, it is fine. They are well, they are healed. There was this one lady I prayed for. She was in a hospice. As I was praying for her, in the spirit, I could see dark and gray clouds coming out of her nose and her mouth. Yes, and in the room, smelt of sulfur, rotten eggs. After this prayer, the ladies, the lady, that lady's condition improved and she was discharged home. However, after a couple of months at home, she was readmitted again to hospital. Her condition has deteriorated. I have come to understand the dark and gray clouds I saw coming out of her nose and mouth were the spirit of infirmity that was causing her illness. After casting them out, they came back again. After she was readmitted to hospital, I kept praying for her. I kept praying because I totally believed what the Lord had said about healing her. One morning around six o'clock, as I laid on the floor pleading for this woman's healing, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me that I should release her. I said, no, Lord, you promised. You promised you will heal her. I continued to pray. Once again, he said, release her. After a while, I said, okay, Lord, I release her. I prayed and released her, and the burden of prayer was then lifted from me. That same day, around 12 midnight, that lady died. At that time, I was quite young in the prophetic. I did not fully understand what was going on. When the Lord tells me he has healed somebody or he has done something, I believed. But what exactly he had done, I did not understand. I had my own idea of what I wanted and what I expected. It was later I realized every one of those people he asked me to pray for, they will get better and then later their condition will come back again, this time even worse than before, and eventually they will die. All the six people I prayed for died. When the Lord said to me they are healed, I believed they were healed physically. It was later I came to understand their physical condition might not have been healed but their spirit and their soul have connected with God. I did a lot of prayer of, of repentance, prayer of forgiveness, renouncing and breaking of curses. What the Lord was saying to me, their spirit and their soul is healed. Unfortunately, the healing did not have time to manifest into their physical body. The root of the problem had not been dealt with adequately for complete healing to take place. Their soul might have received a level of healing, but not completely for that healing to manifest onto their physical body.
there might still be some dark areas in their soul that gave the demons enough legal right to come back again into their body. As the Lord was explaining this to me, the scripture that came into my mind was Matthew 12 from verse 43 to 45. And I'll read it. It says, Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. What the Lord was saying to me was, when we pray for healing, we have a tendency to focus too much on the physical manifestation of healing, but we tend to ignore the root cause of that problem in the first place. It, it could be wounded soul, hurt, buried deep within that person's soul. Unforgiveness, resentment, hate, these are some of the things that can cause blockage in a person's soul and prevent their healing from manifesting in their body. The healing is in their spirit, but it must come through their soul, which is their mind, their free will, their emotions, and their intellect. Strongholds in these areas can prevent healing from coming through to the body. This is what happens when spiritual healing is, is um, taking place. When we pray for healing, the healing comes into our spirit. But for permanent physical healing to happen, the root cause of that sickness, the things that gave the demons the legal right to come into that person's body in the first place must be dealt with. And this is usually a soul problem. This is the reason John said in his third letter, chapter 1 verse 2 beloved i pray that in the i pray this is yeah this is the reason john said in his third letter chapter 1 verse 2 beloved i pray that in all respect you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers so without our soul being in good health if we do manage to get physical healing through prayer it will not last long because the soul still has things in it that is giving the demons the right to come back to that person's body this was what happened to the six people the lord led me to pray for yes this was what happened and now i understand why they will get better and then after a few months they will go back to how they were before, or even worse. That's the most thing, annoying thing. The condition became worse. But God is faithful. He is faithful in all his ways. He did teach me a lot during that period in time when I was praying for these people. I learned a lot about healing. We have come to the end of today's episode. 
In episodes to follow, I will be discussing more on spiritual healing. I will share how the Lord has been dealing with me in my own healing. I will share the things I have been going through, through that is in terms of ill health. I believe the first time we pray for healing, that is when we receive that healing. We receive it in our spirit, but we still have a lot of work to do before that healing comes through our soul and then into our physical body. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you well. God bless. Goodbye. Hello everyone, it's Sister Mercy here again with another episode of Spiritual Conversation with Sister Mercy. Today's episode is titled Establishing a Prayer Altar and Spiritual Healing. In our last episode, I talked about how I became born again for real after years of believing that I was a genuine Christian. How wrong was I? After my baptism, following my encounter with Jesus on the cross, that was the vision I had in the church, I started attending church services more regularly. I developed a hunger for the Word of God. I was reading the Bible at every opportunity I had. Gradually, the hunger died down a bit. I was still reading the Bible but not as much as as before. Something happened one day at work. I shared an office with an English lady who sat across from my desk. I was concentrating on a report I was writing and really wasn't paying much attention on what was going on around me in the office. Suddenly, I heard this voice behind me telling me to share the gospel with her. My instant response was no. My eyes went straight to the clock on the wall and I said, it is five o'clock, it is time for me to go home. I turned around to see who was telling me to do this and there was nobody there but me and this lady in the office. Later on, on my way home, it dawned on me that it was the audible voice of God that I have just heard. I felt so guilty in my spirit that I had to that I said no to God. That night as I prayed, I repented, asking the Lord to give me another chance to witness to this lady. A few days later, he gave me that chance. I found myself alone in the office once again with this lady. So I shared the gospel with her. This lady was in her late 40s. She did not believe in God. She said nobody has ever shared the gospel with her. This incident led me to write my first book, The Salvation Story. I continued my life as normal. During this time, I liked to listen to Christian radio at my desk in the office. So on one, one day, this, um, there was a discussion 
on the radio about prayer altars. Establishing prayer altar in our homes. During that period, the Lord was also speaking to me about having regular prayer time at home. When the speaker spoke about prayer altars, this was exactly what the Lord has been speaking to me about. So when I heard this, I smiled and said, okay, Lord, I have heard. The next day, I chose um, a corner space in my sitting room, placing a nice comfortable chair there with a little table for my Bible and prayer books. I established myself a prayer altar. After reading in the book of Jeremiah, which said, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, I will be found. From that day onward, I started seeking the Lord seriously. I was praying morning and night, six, six o'clock in the morning. I will come down and sit at my prayer altar. I would pray, worship, read my Bible before the household got up. I carried on like this consistently for three years. In my pursuit of the Lord, I wanted him to reveal himself to me as his word had said. One night, after three years of praying morning and night, after one of my night prayers, I sat at the edge of my bed, preparing to get into bed. Suddenly, I felt a shift in the atmosphere in the room. It was as if I was catapulted into another dimension. The air in my room changed. I saw a hole that looked like a tunnel going round in my room. I saw a small spark of bright white light in the tunnel. The rest of the space in the tunnel was dark, pitch black. I kept looking at this thing, moving round in my room. I followed it with my eyes, wondering to myself, what in God's name is this? If I say I was not afraid, I would be lying. I did not think it was a vision. It was not a dream because I was wide awake. I kept watching this thing moving round and round in my room. Suddenly it disappeared and the air in my room became normal again. I rushed into my bed and covered my head with my, with my quilt. My whole body was shaking. I was saying to myself, what in God's name is this? What have I got myself into? <laughs> that night, as I slept, the dreams started from that day onwards. I was having constant dreams and visions. Now I know majority of those dreams were actually demonic dreams. Being catapulted into the realms of the spirit is not a joke. You encounter all sorts of spirits, God's angels, demoniacs, and the demoniacs will let you know that they are there. They hate you coming close to God. The spiritual attacks really started. In one of the dreams I had, Jesus appeared to me. He warned me that I would be attacked. He also said I should not worry that he was going to be there for me. When I, had, when I had this dream, I did not fully understand what it meant. But over the years, I have come to understand the meaning of that dream. 
as the as the episodes progresses i will share other dreams and visions and the messages the lord had given me as i grew in my faith the lord began to use me to pray for people he will send me to go and pray for people mostly people with cancer i think this came about because of the prayer i prayed years ago when we had a relative with cancer stay with us as she received her treatment from a nearby hospital this time i was not born again christian but i did go to church most sundays i had a habit of going into her room every day and gently stroking her arms and wishing in my heart that i could pray for her and god will heal her i did this every day but i did not know how to pray for her healing but this was a desire of mine to pray for her and god will heal her although this relative lost her battle with cancer but i believe god did answer that prayer that from my heart yes that prayer that came from my heart he answered it when i did give my life to jesus the lord will instruct me to go and pray for such and such a person with cancer the lord connected me to these people through other people i kept getting people talking to me about people with cancer as i prayed the lord would then tell me prepare a prayer and go and pray for them i did this for about for for about six people i would go and pray for them no matter where they were some were in hospices in their homes or in hospital i would go and pray for them and the lord would say to me they are okay they are healed when i hear him say they are healed in my mind i would be thinking they are physically healed the funny thing about this was every single person i prayed for at that time would get better but after a couple of months the illness would come back again even worse this time i was confused yes i was confused i would ask the lord what is happening here why are they getting sick again but he kept saying to me it is fine they are well they are healed there was this one lady i prayed for she was in a hospice as i was praying for her in the spirit i could see dark and gray clouds coming out of her nose and her mouth yes and in the room smelt of sulfur rotten eggs after this prayer the ladies the lady that lady's condition improved and she was discharged home however after a couple of months at home she was readmitted again to hospital her condition has deteriorated i have come to understand the dark and gray clouds i saw coming out of her nose and mouth were the spirit of infirmity that was causing her illness after casting them out they came back again after she was readmitted to hospital i kept praying for her i kept praying because i totally believed what the lord had said about healing her one morning around 6 o'clock as i laid on the floor pleading 
for this woman's healing, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me that I should release her. I said, no, Lord, you promised. You promised you will heal her. I continued to pray. Once again, he said, release her. After a while, I said, okay, Lord, I release her. I prayed and released her, and the burden of prayer was then lifted from me. That same day, around 12 midnight, that lady died. At that time, I was quite young in the prophetic. I did not fully understand what was going on. When the Lord tells me he has healed somebody or he has done something, I believed. But what exactly he had done, I did not understand. I had my own idea of what I wanted and what I expected. It was later I realized every one of those people he asked me to pray for, they will get better and then later their condition will come back again, this time even worse than before and eventually they will die. All the six people I prayed for died. When the Lord said to me they are healed, I believed they were healed physically. It was later I came to understand their physical condition might not have been healed, but their spirit and their soul have connected with God. I did a lot of prayer of, of repentance, prayer of forgiveness, renouncing and breaking of curses. What the Lord was saying to me, their spirit and their soul is healed. Unfortunately, the healing did not have time to manifest into their physical body. The root of the problem had not been dealt with adequately for complete healing to take place. Their soul might have received a level of healing, but not completely for that healing to manifest onto their physical body. There might still be some dark areas in their soul that gave the demons enough legal right to come back again into their body. As the Lord was explaining this to me, the scripture that came into my mind was Matthew 12 from verse 43 to 45. And I'll read it. It says, Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it finds it unoccupied swept and put in order then he goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself and they go in and live there and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first what the lord was saying to me was when we pray for healing we have a tendency to focus too much on the physical manifestation of healing but we tend to ignore the root cause of that problem in the first place it will, it could be wounded soul hurt buried deep within that person's soul unforgiveness resentment hate these are some of the things that can cause blockage in a person's soul and prevent their healing from manifesting in their body the healing is in their spirit, but it must come through their soul, which is their mind, 
their free will, their emotions, and their intellect. Strongholds in these areas can prevent healing from coming through to the body. This is what happens when spiritual healing is, is um, taking place. When we pray for healing, the healing comes into our spirit. But for permanent physical healing to happen, the root cause of that sickness, the things that gave the demons the legal right to come into that person's body in the first place must be dealt with and this is usually a sore problem. This is the reason John said in his third letter, chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray that in the... I pray... This is, yeah, this is the reason John said in his third letter, chapter 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray that in all respect you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So without our soul being in good health, if we do manage to get physical healing through prayer, it will not last long because the soul still has things in it that is giving the demons the right to come back to that person's body. This was what happened to the six people the Lord led me to pray for. Yes, this was what happened. And now I understand why they will get better and then after a few months they will go back to how they were before or even worse. That's the most thing, annoying thing. The condition became worse. But God is faithful. He is faithful in all his ways. He did teach me a lot during that period in time when I was praying for these people. I learned a lot about healing. We have come to the end of today's episode. In episodes to follow, I will be discussing more on spiritual healing. I will share how the Lord has been dealing with me in my own healing. I will share the things I have been going through, through that is in terms of ill health. I believe the first time we pray for healing, that is when we receive that healing. We receive it in our spirit, but we still have a lot of work to do before that healing comes through our soul and then into our physical body. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you well. God bless. Goodbye.